0: called the Big Ten, and last week we started the series on the Ten Commandments, and today I'd like to continue that with you, and I'm going to do something that you're probably going to say, why is he making us do this again? But I'm going to ask you to stand with me again, I don't want you to go to sleep this morning. You've been stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, raise your hand, sit down, raise your hand, sit down, that's right, right? That's right. We're here to worship God, that's right. We're here to worship God. Let's read the Ten Commandments together. You ready? Here we go. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, wife, or possessions. Amen, everybody. You may be seated. I like to read those in the King James Version because that is what many of you have heard coming up. But I'd like to speak to you today out of the NIV translation because it breaks it down a little bit better. And you have your message notes. I hope that you will take those today uh, as we speak I want to talk to you today about the second and third commandment, about how to obey it. How, what, what does it mean, how do I obey this? And I think today may be very interesting to you. I think that it'll be challenging. And, and you know, we said a couple weeks ago that when we, follow God's, when we follow God, His favor follows us. Amen? Amen? And so we want God's favor, right? So we do it God's way. And here's the do's and the don'ts that God was saying to do it His way. So in Exodus 20, again, this is the second commandment. It's in the NIV translation. It breaks it down a little bit better. He says, You shall not make for yourselves an idol. Now, would you take your pen and circle these next five words in any, in or in the form of anything? Would you circle that statement? You shall not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. Now, notice that. When we think about idols in the Bible, we think about, oh, well, this carving of something, you know, a statue or something. No, 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 no. Anything that you put before God becomes an idol. Amen? And so that that means that your job could become an idol. That means that your hobbies could become an idol. That means your children could become an idol. That means your spouse could become an idol. It means that, you know, anything that you put before God could become an idol. And so he says, don't let anything come before God. And so today I want to give you how to obey. How do we obey the second and third commandment? And I think this is going to be pretty enlightening because this week as I did, studied, uh, it was enlightening to me and it was very challenging to me. And you know what? The thing about this is that before I share this with you, I've got to receive it myself. And I just want you to know that it was very enlightening to me and, and also made me go, oh, I need, to, I need to check this out a little more. So here we go. The first, uh, let me just say this. We said that the commandments, remember God gave us the commandments to remind us this, is to think God first. Let's say that, everybody. Think God first. Think God first. That's what, that's what the commandments are all about. If we just keep God first, Jesus said, everything will work out. So the first thing I would tell you on the second commandment, is, is how to obey it is, number one is this, is live to promote God and not self. Live to promote God and not self. Jesus said it this way. It's on your outline. Keep your pens ready. I want you to circle a statement. Jesus said to them, them all, if anyone would come after me, they must what? Everybody, what's the next two words? Deny themselves. Would you circle that? Deny themselves. That is the first thing when you become a Christ follower is you say, okay, it's not about me anymore. It's not about me. Deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. You know what it means to take up your cross daily? Deny yourself. The things that I want to do that I, you know, thinking about me and what I want over what God wants and over, over others' needs and just think about my needs only, then you know what? That's taking up my cross daily and saying, okay, it's not about me. It's not about me. Maybe that would be a great statement to wake up every morning, look in the mirror and say, it's not about me today. Amen? All right, Amen. The greatest idolatry, the greatest idolatry, is the idolatry of self. You know that the pride is sin, and let me just say this: sin exalts the desire, the, exalts the desires of self above God and others. When we exalt ourselves above God and others, that is the height of all, and is pride. And right in the middle of the word "pride," you find the letter "I." Amen. Is thinking about us all the time, only us. A major psychological disorder that, that is uh, overtaking our country today is the disorder of narcissism. That is, that is where we think only about ourselves. Matter of fact, uh, this uh, Greek character, Narcissus, uh, actually, you'll see this picture here. It said that he would go out in every day and he would not have time for anybody else or anything else because he constantly was looking at himself. He always thought about himself, and matter of fact, he fell so in love with himself that he would just look in the water because he could see his reflection, and he would just gaze at himself. He had time for nobody else because he was just so in love with himself that one day he decided to look over into the water, and he saw himself. He decided that he would give his own self a kiss, and when he did, he fell into the water and drowned. Now you say, Pastor, that's about the silliest something I never ever do that to myself. Who do I, I wouldn't want to gaze at myself all day long. Oh yeah, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not full of me, but I like I like taking pictures of me. Matter of fact. I'm not full of me, I'm not full of pride, and it ain't about me, but I want to see and make sure that when I share this picture, I get about 400 likes. <laughs> and can I just tell you something, too? You know, uh, Rhonda goes to the gym with me now, and, uh, but I can tell you something. You know, as we're at the gym, sometimes our conversation that night, you know, she, she leaves at a different time than I do. So that night I would say, wow, because, Rhonda, did you see that person over there with their phone? And they think just because they're wearing spandex that they ought to share that with everybody. (laughs) Spandex is not for everybody. But we're so full of ourselves, right? I mean, it's, right now it's all about us, and social media is all about us. It's about how many likes I can get, and i can take taking pictures of me and my family. And you know what? It's all about us. And so we don't gaze in the water looking at ourselves, but we keep gazing in these things, our phones. And, and we keep hitting the pictures and, and trying to just get likes and make it about us. See, and everybody... We move from a materialistic society to a narcissistic society, everybody. And it's all about us. And when we worship self, it's just as bad as worshiping any other idol. Amen? It kills you. It just kills everything in you. You see, narcissism is self-worship. And the problem with that is that when you do that, all of a sudden, uh, morality is based on what self wants in the moment. You see that? When when you become your own god, it's about what you want in the moment, right? Right? And so, therefore, you have your truth in the moment. I have my truth in the moment. And so, your truth is okay for you unless it offends me, right? Unless it's something against me. And my truth is okay unless it offends you or something. No, no, no. There cannot be many truths, everybody. You can't be one when you've got all these truths out there. Amen? There has to be one truth. Amen? Listen, look what the Bible says in Galatians 3.26. He says, you, for you... Are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all have been united with Christ in baptism, have put on the character of Christ, like putting on new clothes, everybody. Amen. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. Here we go. Let's read this last statement. Ready? Come on. For you are all one in who? In Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus, you will never, we will never, ever be one. You will never be one in your family for the different sets of rules for the husband and the wife. Amen? In other words, the husband says to the wife, honey, you be faithful to me till the, till the day we die, and then I'm just going to go around and sleep around with everybody I want to. Come on, somebody. That doesn't work, does it? Matter of fact, the Hawks right now, you know, are, are playing. They're in the basketball, they're in the playoffs right now. And the only way that you have a ga- basketball game is you have to have the same rules for everybody, amen? That's the only way you can have a game. And the only way that you will ever have a solid marriage is that you have, you everybody gets on the same page, and there's a book right here. It has all the pages that we have to get on to have a solid marriage. Amen, everybody. If you want to have a, a solid family, everybody has to have the same page, be on the same page. If we're gonna have a church, to be one together and we have to be on the same page with Jesus Christ we have to be one in Christ amen everybody it's not what you want and it's not what I want it's what he wants it matters and we're all trying to live what he wants amen when you when you live for what he wants it brings us together we will only be one nation under God when we're one nation under God amen it's God's way Listen, listen, listen. I'm telling you, I know everybody's like, hey, our, our nation, we want to come together. We're so divided. We're never going to be together until we have one God, everybody, until Jesus Christ is Lord in your life and he's Lord in my life. He'll never be Lord in our nation's life. Amen? We have to be one nation under God. And that's why we're, we're celebrating on July 4th. Don't you miss it. It's on a Sunday this year. We're celebrating. Why? We're celebrating that we're going to be one nation under God. We're celebrating our military that day, people that have served our country. And listen, we hope that you'll bring someone that served our country on that day. We want to honor them. Why? Because they give us the freedom to do what we're doing today. Amen? Amen. Without our military, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Amen? We- <laughs> We'd be speaking a whole nother language and everything, right? I mean, we'd have be, been the rule of another nation. But God, we're one nation under God, everybody. We're one nation under God. And that's why I talk about GrowTrack all the time here. Because, see, like every time I go to Lowe's, you know, I used to think that there was something special about me because I'd go check out and they'd say, are you in the military? And I, <clears throat> well, I guess I look like it, but no, I'm not. I'm in the Lord's Army. And then I heard him asking everybody. I thought, oh, dog, dog. <laughs> I <thought> I... <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, I, went, I was checking out of Lowe's the other day, and uh, this lady said, are, are you in the military? I said, I'm in the Lord's Army. How about you? She said, you know, I used to be, but I'm, uh, I converted to being a Muslim about two years ago. And she said, she said you know, I used to go to church. I know all about it. And as she said, I could see her face lighting up. I said, you know what? And that's why you miss it too, right? You miss a fellowship, that it only comes through Jesus Christ. And you miss the fellowship of the love of the family of God. You miss that, don't you? She said, yes, I do. I said, you need to go back to church. She said, I think I may. Amen. Amen. I invite her to this church. I hope that she shows up what I want you to know is this, is that the reason we talk about growth track is because we're in the Lord's army. And if you're not went through growth track and you're not gotten into a battalion yet, that's what the church is, a battalion, then, my friend, that you're not, you're not being a part of the Lord's army. You see, you've been recruited by Jesus Christ. Now it's time for you to enlist. Amen? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's a good one right there, wasn't it? So if you've not went through growth track, go ahead and check the box right now on your connection card. Just go ahead and check it. Send me the information about growth track. Amen? So you can get in the Lord's arm. Number two, remember we we're saying, think God first. How do obey the, the uh, second, third commandment? We're on the second commandment. So number two is this. It's put your hope in God alone. Put your hope in God alone. Oh, this is so good. You see, when Jesus was being uh, tempted, after he was baptized, he went into the desert, he was tempted... And he had been fasting. And look what happens here. It says this. After after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, let me just say this to you. (laughs) The devil will always show up and speak up whenever you make a commitment to God. You don't believe it? You try fasting one meal. Dear God, how the devil will start talking to you, right? I mean, like, everything that goes by you looks like a sandwich. (laughs) Isn't it? I mean, when you say, well, I'm going to fast, as soon as you say, I'm going to fast, I mean, you usually don't get hunger pains that early in the morning, but when you wake up hungry that day, you know, it's amazing how the devil does that. You say, I'm going to start reading my Bible. It's amazing how tired and sleepy you'll get at night and how tired and sleepy you'll be in the morning. Amen? That's what he does. And then you talk about, you say, well, I'm going to start tithing. And all of a sudden, he'll start telling you, oh, you can never do that. You, you, you'll be broke all your life. You can't do that. He'll start speaking to you. Amen, everybody? He goes on to say this. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from. Where, Everybody. Now, Jesus said, listen, this is not about me. Me and the Father are one. He said, I'm going to do what the Father says. And he says, I only speak what the Father says to speak and I only do what the Father says to. That's how he was one with the Father. And if you and I are going to be one, then that's what we have to do. Now, the power, that the reason that Jesus was able to overcome this, the devil after he'd been fasting 40 days, my goodness, can you imagine how hungry he must have been? I mean, the 40 days, the devil said, hey, just turn those stones into bread. We know you got the power to do it. Listen, it's ama- It's one thing to fast when you don't have any food around, but when you got a sandwich in the refrigerator, it's hard to fast, amen? And Jesus had the power to turn those stones into bread right there with a meal waiting on him. The devil said, do that. But Jesus didn't do it. How did he, how did he sustain that? I'll tell you how he sustained it. Because Jesus knew that through God, that he had hope for the future in God, and that Hope for the future, and God gave him power in the present. Did you hear what I just said? It was a hope of the future in God that gave him the power in the present. Now right now in our culture and in our society right now people are struggling with anxiety more than ever before through the pandemic, but it's been growing before the pandemic. Especially in the younger generation, we're like, why are our kids so freaked out? I'll tell you why they're so freaked out. Is because our culture has said there is no God, there's no need in even worshiping God, that it's all about you. You just be full of you. you take care of you and you'll be happy and they've tried that we've tried to give them everything that they wanted it doesn't work you know what why it doesn't work because they've lost the hope for the future in God and there's only hope in the future when you put God in the picture and our, our younger generation is don't know that they don't they don't have what you and I had many of us you know it was like your grandparents that took you to church or your parents took you to church they don't have that right now so they don't know all about God and I'll tell you they will never have the power that they need in the present until they have hope in the future that Almighty God's got it amen it doesn't matter what happens in the world because God's got us He's got the whole world in his hand amen and then un- and until you until you believe that, until you receive that, then you're going to walk around freaked out all the time. But when you know that God's got it, and you know that God's got you, and you know that no matter what happens, that, he's, that heaven is our home, amen, and nobody you can take my life, but you can't take my life, amen, because I know it's with God. When you walk with that kind of confidence and that kind of authority, and you don't walk around scared anymore. No, you walk around free, and that's what Jesus has come. It's a make you free amen everybody amen, amen. somebody amen yeah. hallelujah yeah. jesus has come to set you free and it's that power to know that it's the hope of the future in god that it gives me power in the present amen yeah. our children have to have that it excites me because last last sunday night we had over 70 join us here in united night our teenagers and here's a picture of them you know they were out there doing this color war stuff you say, what's that got to do with God? He got them here so we can tell them about God. Amen? Amen. 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 We'll, do, we'll do anything short of sin to reach people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so we're excited about that. Psalms, David had this down. Look what the psalmist said. Psalm 62 says, my soul finds rest. Where, everybody? Oh. God alone. See, it's the hope for the future in God that gives you the power in the present right now. You'll never have the power you need now until you have the hope in the future in God. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Amen? Amen. That's a message today for you. It's in the first commandment. The second commandment, I will not be shaken. Corey ten Boone says this. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. It's only when you look to God that you'll find rest. Amen, everybody. Yeah. Amen. You know, our children are so important. And the thing that what's lacking now is that we have to make sure that our children have a spiritual understanding of who God is. And that's why we're partnering together. That's why you need the church. The, you know, we need our families, but we need our church family as well. Because when you bring your chur- children to church and your grandchildren to church, we're trying to help you instill God's truth into their life. And see, they're doing it in a level that they can understand. Right now, kids' church is going on on a level that they can understand. Amen? They come in and sit with you when they're six years old. They don't understand what this old bald-headed man is saying. Matter of fact, I'll tell you that one, la- one lady years ago brought her grandchild. A child to church, and she was, you know, sitting with her. She was only about eight or nine years old. And, and I was preaching like I'm crazy, like I'm doing this morning, you know, like I lost my mind. She says, Grandma, he didn't take his riddling this morning. <laughs> <laughs> True story. So, Vacation Bible School's coming up, everybody. You need to make sure listen, it's time to re engage our children. Amen. They need it. Why? Because they'll never have power, they'll never have power in kindergarten if they don't have hope for the future. They'll never have power in the fifth grade if they don't have hope for the future. They'll never have the power they need in middle school unless they have hope for the future in God. They'll never have the power they need in high school unless they have hope in the future in God. And they'll never have power in college that they need unless they have the hope in the future in God. And they'll never have the power they need to be young parents unless they have the hope in the future in God. Amen, everybody? So his power in the present becomes hopeful because of hope for the future in God. Okay, let's move on. The third commandment, the third commandment, Exodus 20 and 7 says this, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember, we're saying think God first. Think God first. So how do we do this? How do we obey the third commandment? Here it is. Show respect to the name of God. And how you talk about God. Show, that, that's a little long, but let me say it again. Show respect to the name of God and how you talk about God. How you talk about, what do you say about God? What do you say about God? You see, the word in Hebrew there means to, that is misused. The word in Hebrew means misused, means actually to treat without value. In other words, treat, treat his name as it has no value. And one of the ways that in our culture today, the way that we treat God's name with no value is profanity, right? I'm going to tell you something. God didn't have a last name, and it sure is a damn. Amen? That's not God's last name. And God doesn't like it when we, when we, when we talk about him in that kind of manner. We devalue God. We devalue. It's not darn either. Okay, that's the Christian curse word, Right? That's right. Instead of saying damn, we say Dern. I just want you to know that, listen, it's not his last name either. And so understand that. And let me just say something. Christians should never use God's name in vain. Yes. Amen. Amen. They should never use God's name in vain. Never, ever, ever do that. So uh, another way that we, uh, that we actually find ourselves as taking God's name in vain is accusing God of doing us wrong. When we take God's name in vain, we're actually accusing God of doing us wrong. Do you know that uh, uh, we see this uh, in Job's life? Remember, Job, how that Job had lost his family? how he lost his way of providing for his family, lost everything that he had. He was broke. And now the the Bible says, and and Job said it also, he got sick. He had like bowls breaking out on his body, and he was scraping it off with a a piece of glass, sort of sitting in ashes, trying to get healing. And his wife couldn't stand it anymore. She just couldn't take him suffering anymore. And this is what she said. Look what the Bible says. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Look what she says. Curse God and what, everybody? You know what she was saying? Tell God he has no value in your life anymore. Tell him this is all his fault. Let him know that blame this on God, curse God. That is like taking God's name in vain. Job replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin and what, everybody? What he said, did you see that? Job did not sin in what he said. He would not take God's name in vain. Let me ask you a question. What are you blaming God for? What in your life right now are you blaming God for? What's happened? And you say, well, if God really loved me, this wouldn't happen. Stop taking the name of the Lord in vain. Amen. Amen. The second thing I would tell you remember, we're saying, thank God first. The second thing I would tell you in obeying the third commandment is this, is speak of your trust in the name of God. Speak of your trust in the name of God. The way that we speak about a person can reveal how much we trust them, right? Like right now, listen, when I say this statement, you're going to think of somebody. Think of a person that's real reliable, that you can always depend on them. They'll always come through. You got a name on your mind? They're always going to be late. You got a name in your mind? <laughs> you know, that, well, I did have, they ain't got here yet. <laughs> they haven't made it yet. Okay, yeah. Always going to be late. When we say the name of God, what do you think? Is it someone that I can trust, reliable, count on, or some, someone that's let me down? What is it? It matters what you think about them. It matters. There's a story in the Bible that I love. Matter of fact, uh, I would tell you this. Uh, Abraham and Isaac. It's a crazy story. It's nuts. But Abraham, who is 100 years old, has a son that's just, he's just his wife has just given birth to. They didn't have, they didn't, you know, they had no children and God blessed them in their 90s. I mean, Sarah was in her 90s and God, God opened up the, her womb and, and he, he got Abraham excited when he was 99 years old. And Okay, all right. You, you following with me? I, all, I don't know. It all happened, okay? And it's like, wow. Whoa, 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 Geronimo. It happened. And then all of a sudden, God gave him a child out of that. The, ba- <laughs> the baby began to grow up. And as he grew up, got older. Probably about, I don't know, maybe some say between, between about 9 and 12. God told Abraham, said, I want you to take that boy up on the mountain. I want you to sacrifice him to me. And, and that is so out of the character of God. It's unlike God to ever ask for a human sacrifice. But Abraham... Because he believed God, he said he would do it. And the whole time that Abraham's walking up the side of that mountain with his son, his son's asking, Dad, we're going to make a sacrifice. We've done this many times, but, Dad, I don't see the sacrifice. We usually have a lamb with us, a ram or a lamb or something with us. And, Dad, where is it at? And he keeps saying, The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. They get up on top of that mountain. They build the altar. And, you know, Isaac helped them build the altar. And Isaac said, Dad, you know, I don't see anything. And all of a sudden Abraham says, Son, lay down. And he ties his son up and puts him on the the altar. And can you imagine what Isaac's doing? Dad, what are you doing? You've lost your mind. Dad, don't kill me. Don't kill me. And the Bible says Abraham raised his knife up. And God said, no, Abraham, no. And he said, "No, that's not the sacrifice. I know that right now you'll never put anything before me." And about that time, a ram come out of the thicket, and, and Abraham said, "Oh, God provided." Listen, and what I want you to know is this: is that Abraham began to name God. Look what he says in Genesis twenty-two and fourteen. And Abraham called the na- the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Amen. Because what Abraham didn't know, what Abraham did not know, is that while he was he and Isaac were climbing up this side of the mountain, God had a ram coming up the other side of the mountain, amen? And he didn't he didn't understand that. And right now, many of you are in a situation, and it feels like you're climbing the mountain all by yourself, and you don't see the answer of God. You don't know. But what I want you to know is that you're climbing that big mountain. God's got your answer on the way, and there's going to be an intersection one day, and you're going to know that there's a God that heard your prayers. Amen, everybody? Your answer's on the way. Amen. Why? Because we can trust God. We can trust God, everybody. We can trust God. We can trust God. Her name was Gladys Allward. Gladys, uh, this is a picture of her, actually. She was a missionary in China. And Gladys had been working over there uh, right before World War II broke out. She'd been working with orphan children. She had an orphanage there. And she had over 100 orphans there. World War II broke out, and the Japanese invaded China. And as they were invading China, she was having to leave, and she was having to flee. And so she had to make a decision, what are we going to do? And she could not leave those orphans behind. And so there was a place that they had heard of that was called Free China, and so she had, in order to get there, they would have to go over this mountainous terrain. It was treacherous terrain to get there. But Gladys decided that she was not, she was going to trust God and that she was going to take these children. And so she took off with one aid and they took a hundred children. They started across this treacherous terrain. And, and on their journey, she just began to get exhausted and, and watching the children have needs. And, and one night while there was a starry sky out and the, the kids were sleeping under the open sky, but she could not sleep. She began to think to herself, there's no way we're ever going to make it. We can't make it. We can't make it. And so the next morning when they woke up, she got the children together. She said, children, I want to tell you I'm very sorry that I I should have never brought you on this journey because we're not going to make it. And I'm so sorry because I've got you out here and we're, we're just not going to make it. And she said after she finished doing that with tears in her eyes, a little girl stepped forward and said, "Miss Gladys, didn't God get did, didn't God and get Moses to lead the children of Israel through the through the Red Sea on dry ground?" She said, "Didn't she do that?" And Miss Gladys said, "Miss Gladys said, yes, baby, that God used Moses to do that." But she said, "I want you to know, honey, I'm not Moses." She said, no, Miss Gladys, we know that you're not Moses, but isn't God still God, Miss Gladys? Isn't God still God? Isn't God still God? I want you to know, and they went all the way to free China, why? Because God was still God. I want you to know this today, that as you're walking up one side of your mountain right now and you're climbing and you don't see God, that Jehovah Jireh is still God, amen? He's the Lord, our provider, and and he's got you, and he's got you, and he's got you, and he's got you, and he's got me, and he's God on Monday, and he's God on Tuesday, and he's God on Wednesday, and he's God on Thursday, and he's God on Friday, and he's God on Saturday, and he's sure God on Sunday. Amen, everybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me. Hallelujah. Oh, you didn't know it's going to be this good this morning, did you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's your God. He is your God. He's 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 my God. And those that are watching, He's your God. I want you to know that. Today, that's the question. He is your God if you've accepted Him. But if you've not accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, then my friend, He's not your God. You will have no power in the present until you have hope for the future. Amen. When, you, can, so when you, you are never fit to live until you're ready to die. Amen? Yes. Martin Luther King, Jr. said that. That's the truth. Today, I want to ask you, if you don't know Jesus right where you are standing right now, I want you to ask him. Don't close your eyes. Don't bury it. Just right now, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Save me, Jesus. Save me. And he'll hear your prayers. We just ask you to check it on your card before you leave. Put it in the buckets on the way out. I've been praying this week about you, what we should do at this moment. And I feel like that the Lord wants somebody that you're facing an overwhelming situation that you've got to trust God. I mean, there's some of you that, listen, that's a job situation. There's some of you that's a financial situation. There's some of you that's a parent situation. There's some of you that's a children's situation. There's some of you that, you know, that that there's something going on deep right now. And you feel like you're climbing the mountain. I just want you to know that maybe it's at this altar today that God allows that ram to come and somehow give you what you need. Amen? Amen.